So I'm going to say something quite bold here. And it's going to, it's going to terrify you or you're going to go, yes! It's 57 sleeps until Christmas. <laughs> Can you, it's not long. It's not long. So I hope... Well, I'm lucky because Tara's really good at organising who to get gifts for. It's great. Okay. But what I want to know, quick question for you. Who is the most difficult person to buy for? Because in my family, they always say it's you. Because they, they always say, well, there's only so many things we can buy you from the Newcastle shop. <laughs> We've bought them all. So, so like, who, shout out, who's the most difficult people to buy for? Sue. Yeah, name and shame, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, your name and shame. Who? Yep. John. Okay. Why is John difficult to buy for? Okay, right. That's good, we might come back to that later. Why is Sue difficult to buy for? Because she has everything. Because she has everything. <laughs> this, is, this couldn't be fitting in more perfect with the sermon. It's great. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? Children, because they want to take it back and exchange it. That's a good one. Okay. Anyone else? Tara, who's the most difficult person to buy for? Me. Okay. Why am I difficult to buy for? I don't like anything. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Anyone else? My son. Why is your son in law difficult to buy things for? He never wants anything. So he, don't, he doesn't want anything. Okay, you never know what they want. Or they've got everything. Or there's nothing on offer. Or something like There's always something, isn't there, when you're thinking, who am I going to. What am I going to get that person for Christmas? It's only 57 sleeps away, so you better get prepared. They'll be here soon. Optree will be up soon, knowing Tara. Okay. Let me ask you this question. What does God want for his birthday this year? That's a question. I want you to answer that question. What does God want for his birthday this year? Our hearts, our love, someone said. Okay. Peace. Peace. Praise and worship, good ones. Okay. Has God got everything he needs? Some people saying yes, some people saying no. I like that. I like that. That's fine. Yeah, sometimes you think God's got everything. Sometimes you think maybe he wants a little bit more from us. It's really interesting. This morning, I was given the title, um, Getting to Know God Through Worship. I think that's really interesting, and we're going to come back to it later. But what I want to do first is think about what we think about is worship. Because I think what God wants for his birthday this year is worship. Okay, That's what he wants from us. That's what he desires from us. He's got everything else. He's the ruler of all kingdoms, all worlds. And he is the king of kings. He's got everything he needs. But what he wants is our worship. So what I did was um, I looked through the Bible... And I found um, four different kinds of worship. Okay. So we're going to share these. And then what we're going to do is, you're going to look at three other passages in the Bible. And then we're going to come back together and we're going to say, what does that mean? And how do we find God in worship? So that's where we're going. Okay. Right. Now you know where we're going. Here it is. Okay. The first one is in 2 Samuel. I mean, you can flick through it if you want, but you don't have to. It's 2 Samuel um, 6, verse 14. It's on page 310. 
Okay. And this is um, David. So David's a king at this point. And David is the leader of his nation. And he's not that shepherd boy anymore. He's a king. And he's in front of the nation and they see him as a manly king. And all eyes are on him. And they like him. Because they didn't always like the kings. Okay. And in this passage, the Ark of the Covenant is being brought into Jerusalem. Okay. And I'm going to start um, halfway through 14. It's only a really short thing. It says this. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. I said it wasn't the end of the year dancing. Okay, so what this literally is, is David in front of a nation. Like, not just like dancing like in the shower or dancing at home. This is David dancing in front of a nation. Like a, a nation. The eyes are on him. Okay? And I love that because they think he's a manly, manly king. He danced in front of the Lord with all his might. Can you imagine dancing before the Lord in front of this nation? In front of a nation? What an act of worship. That is. We know he sang songs. We know he played instruments. We know he wrote poems and great things that we still read today. But he also danced with all his might. People are going to love me when I'm older because I'm the worst dancer ever. Ever. I'm only good at Kayleys and that's when they tell me what to do. Okay. But I can't... I'm just trying to imagine... David's worship that day. Can you imagine what dancing looks like when you dance with all your might before God in front of a nation? Just try and picture how good that dancing is. It's like Strictly times ten. If you watch Strictly, it's probably better than Strictly. That's how good it is. Okay? So that's one act of worship. Um, David uh, dancing with all his might. And I love it. The next one is on page uh, 1079. Okay, This is in the book of John. And this one looks completely different to David. Okay, It's John 12. It's on page 1079. And it's Jesus being anointed at Bethany. Now you'll notice, no singing, no dancing on this one. It's completely different and it's Mary and it says there in 12 verse 3 that Mary took about half a a litre of pure nard an expensive perfume she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume this is an act of worship by Mary She's not singing and dancing in front of a nation. She's only got an audience of a few. Jesus and the disciples. Okay. But her act of worship is the sacrifice 
of the perfume. The sacrifice of all her hard work. The sacrifice of everything she had. She gave it to Jesus because she knew who he was. That's her worship. No singing, no dancing. Just service and sacrifice. That's the second one. So what's the first one? Dancing with all our might. Service and sacrifice for the second one. The third one is in Acts. And it's on page 1094 if you want to look. Okay, And it's the fellowship of believers. And it says this. It's 2.42. It said, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the fellow- and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. This is probably They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is service. Serving one another with all they had. And their number increased dramatically, but not just that, they were blessed as they met together and God was with them. Their worship was their service. The next one is um, further on in Acts. Okay? And it's Acts 16. Okay? It's Acts 16.25, which is on page 1112, if you're looking it up. Okay? And this is um, Paul and Silas. Okay? And they are going around and they are telling people about Jesus, basically. That's how it is. And there's a woman with uh, an evil spirit in her, and Paul commands the spirit to leave her. Okay. And those that were um, exploiting that woman for what the gifts that she had, the evil gifts that she had, uh, were unhappy, and they had Paul and Silas thrown in prison. Uh, the passage says they were beaten up, and they were chained. And they were at rock bottom. And they were in prison. And it says this. It's 20, uh, verse 25 on 1112. Okay? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open. And everyone's chains came loose. I read that again. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Can you imagine this morning, and the property committee wouldn't be very happy with us, but if when we worship this morning, the foundations of this church shook, 
shook. Can you imagine the story that would go out about the people in Hexham who were so in tune with God that the foundations of their church literally shook as it did for Paul and Silas on that, you know, that evening when they were in chains, when they had nowhere to go, when they were at rock bottom and they simply sat there, prayed together and then sang a song to God and the prison shook. Amazing. Let's just recap. Okay. First one. David. Dancing with all his might before God. His act of worship was to dance before the nation. What was the second one? Mary. Okay. Mary anointing Jesus. What did I say about that one? Service and sacrifice. The third one. The disciples. Okay. Sharing together. What did I say about that one? Service. You are listening. This is, a, this is amazing. Okay. Service. Okay. The fourth one. Paul and Silas. In the prison. Shaking the very ground that they sat on. What do we say about that one? I didn't even say anything about that one, did I? <laughs> um, prayer and singing. Yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> prayer and singing. So four um, different acts of worship. Okay, There's going to be three, um, three passages come on the screen. We're not going to have time to do this. So what I'm going to do is ask. Those at the top, you're going to get in little groups. Okay? Threes and fours, or whatever's around you. Those at the top, can you do the first one? Is that alright? Groups on this side, can you do the second one? And groups on this side, can you do the third one? Okay. So what you're going to do, read it through. Some are, some are longer than others. So you might just want to skim through. Skim through, and then what I want you to come back with is, how is this an act of worship? Is it an act of worship or not? Okay. And... Um, what's happening? That's, that's what you've got to do. do. Do exactly the same as what I did. Okay, so, you, so I always said about um, David being there in front of the nation, how he did his worship, what is it? That's all you've got to do. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do that, and then we're going to feed back um, as to what it is. That was definitely not two minutes, but you know. Um, did any, has anyone got anything they want to share? First of all, we'll go upstairs. Genesis 22. You'll have to shout down. Anyone got anything they want to say about this act of worship? Tell us what it was first. Okay, so it's Abraham preparing to sacrifice his son. Was it an act of worship? Obedience and sacrifice. I couldn't imagine even have to think about doing this. He was prepared to give everything. He didn't understand it, but he knew it was God's will and that whatever, he was going to be obedient to God. No matter what it cost. No matter what it cost. I think it's one of the most amazing acts of worship in the entire Bible. 
Okay. Anything else that anyone wants to add from upstairs? Not one that we can copy. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Brilliant. This is great. I just do this every week and you do the sermon. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. This, this side was Luke, wasn't it? Luke 22. Anyone got anything? First of all, what was it? Jesus praying in the garden. Okay. And um, was it an act of worship? More obedience. Okay. Why was it obedience? Because he was going to have to sacrifice himself. And he went and he said, Can you take this from me? I, I just can't do this. But. But not my will, but yours be done. Okay? It was another act of obedience from Jesus. And he was scared. And he didn't know what to do. So he prayed. And he knew what he had to do. And he did it. Anything else anyone wants to add on this one? No. He withdrew for prayer. Yep. He needed help. And God gave him help. Amazing. Yeah. So he came to worship God and he needed strength and he knew he couldn't stand on his own but through that, through getting to know God he, or knowing God, he was able to do what he needed to do. And we're here because of that very you know, thing that he did. Okay. Matthew 15 for this side. First of all, what is it? You got the easy one. No, I'm kidding. You didn't. You got the hard one. What, what, what's happening in, in this passage? Um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're basically saying, well, you take the same that all their rules on eating yeah. food and stuff. Okay, so, so everyone didn't hear that. Um, basically, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And it, it, it's probably stronger, but in John's words, I like it. It's probably a bit unnecessary what you do in Pharisees. That's, what, that's how it's summed up. But that's so true. Jesus was saying, you know, the things that you're doing, what? It's ridiculous. Okay, well, what, is it an act of worship? No, it's hypocrisy. Absolutely correct. This isn't an act of worship. Those Pharisees, they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. And Jesus said, you know what, you're actually wrong. You're wrong. And it's not going to end well for you. That was not uh, an act of worship because they missed the point. Thank you for that and thank you for, for getting involved. really appreciate that. It's just so we can think more about um, how people worship in the Bible and how we worship. Um, when you look up worship, what the word means, what it means is to literally lie um, face down on the floor. Like the original, you know, if Tony was here like he was the other week, he'd tell you what it actually meant, but uh, I skipped those classes at Cliff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I did. Um, Sorry. Um, But what it means is to literally lie down on the floor. Can you imagine this morning, if if when I said we're going to sing, we're going to worship this morning, Sue was sat here, I won't play it, Sue, because I'm not very good. (laughs) That would shock you. So I said, oh, we're going, to, um, we're going to worship this morning. 
And she went, you know what the actual, the, the original word for worship meant? She got up and she said, this is how, this is how God wanted you to worship. This is what he meant. To lie down on the floor, face down, and be obedient to God. To sacrifice yourself and worship Him in all those ways that we've just looked at in the Bible. To not make it about you. To not make it about the songs or the worship or anything in this building. But to make it about us sacrificing and being obedient to God in all things that we do. Not just here, but in our entire lives. How we live. How we work. How we bring up our kids. How we act around town. In all things that we do. That our worship reflects and our lives reflect who God is. I was asked to look at how we find God in worship and oh I found God in worship so many times. Or maybe God's found me in worship so many times. Amazing. I you know, I I tingle even now. The hairs on my arm are standing up. About the experiences I've had in worship and the presence of God with me. Amazing. Okay. And I do think, I do know that we can find God through worship. You know. And singing songs and praising God. It's, it's amazing. The Holy Spirit works in such a wonderful way. But I would say this. If we think that we're just going to find Him here, we're not. If we think that we can seek God for an hour on a Sunday morning, we're wrong. Because it doesn't work like that, does it? It's about seeking God in all things at all times. And that is, no matter what we do, we're worshipping God. I've got this, um, I've got this quote that I wanted to, to um, read out to you. And I really like this, and it, I think it just sums up everything that I wanted to say this morning. Okay, so it says this. God wants worship, not only on our lips, but also in our hearts. He wants our worship to be sincere. He wants to be the most important thing in our lives. He wants to know that we are truly submissive to him. He wants our worship to affect our behaviour. That we make sacrifice. That we put to death the deeds of selfishness. That we seek justice. That we would be merciful and humble and help others. He wants us not just to obey him but to serve him in ways that go beyond specific commands. We are to worship wherever we go, doing all things to the glory of God, praying always, giving thanks always, never ceasing to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
that our worship would affect how we work, how we drive our car, how we choose what we watch on TV, and how we do all things. That our worship would be so that we would know God is with us in all that we do. There's so many ways that we can worship, but what God really wants is you. He wants you so much, not just here, but out there. And that's, I think that's everything for this morning. Amen.